I hope everyone is having a happy holiday season. As you've heard, I have an official sponsor to the podcast, which is Papa Rob's Coffee. Leslie and I absolutely love this coffee so much. It is the exclusive coffee in our house. I just love getting DMs and emails from loyal listeners about the orders that have been made and how they love this delicious coffee. So thank you for everyone that's ordered. And I got one email from a listener that was asking, well, why is it called Papa Rob's? And Papa Rob's is a family-owned, family-run, and family-named business. Papa Rob is actually the name that his grandkids call him, and it is really a shout-out to his family. And this is a family that not only is serving the community, but is full of educators, teachers, administrators, and I'm just so happy to be partnering with them. So if you haven't had a chance, go over to PapaRobsCoffee.com and check out all of the delicious coffee. He's got a ton of medium and dark roast blends. He's got a fantastic holiday bundle. And then, of course, he's got the subscriptions, which Leslie and I do every month. We get our coffee that is delivered to us, which is extremely fresh and fantastic. So Make sure you go to paparobscoffee.com, use the coupon code ASPIRE15, and make sure you grab your holiday bundle. Let's jump into our episode today with a fantastic guest. Frederick Buskey is the founder of Strategic Leadership Consulting and the host of the Assistant Principal Podcast. He is extremely passionate about improving life and leadership for school leaders by making complex ideas simple and building the mindset, structures, and skills to help school leaders focus on supporting and growing teachers. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Frederick, thank you so much for being on the Aspire to Lead podcast. Uh, Josh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Well, it's been fun because I got to be on your podcast not too long ago. It was such a phenomenal experience, and I couldn't wait to get you onto my podcast as a guest. So for those who are learning about you, what is your educational and leadership journey? I spent uh, 11 years in grades teaching grades 8 to 12 as a PE and SPED and history teacher. And then after that, I moved to an educational service center in rural Northwest Ohio, which is a kind of independent county office that serves very small rural districts. And I went there as a special education coordinator and also was able to coordinate entry or teacher programs, which was a great experience for me. After that, I got my doctorate and then for 13 years at Western Carolina University and Clemson University, I coordinated, helped design, and taught in principal licensure programs. And then at the same time that I moved into higher ed, I also started consulting and have worked for 17 years with educational leaders, but also had the opportunity to work with corporate leaders and also in healthcare. So that's been really exciting. And four years ago, I pre-tired from Clemson University and started strategic leadership consulting. I just had done so much work with leaders and been in so many schools that I just wanted to stay there. And, you know, higher ed can can kind of pull you out of the school sometimes. And I just really am passionate about serving principals and assistant principals. And so that's where I wanted to be. 
I love it. And that's definitely where I think the two of us have been drawn together because of the work that we both love to do, which is working with aspiring leaders. And there are so many folks that are looking for guidance and especially those who have been promoted into the assistant principal role. And I know you're extremely passionate about you know helping those folks. So what are some things, you know, when they're early in their careers, early on in their journey that they fall into? Because I know there's several traps that we all get into. I've experienced it myself as a young leader. You know, what is it that they may experience in their first year as an assist principal? Yeah, I, I refer to that as the black hole of urgency. So when you move into leadership, you think, oh, I'm going to I'm going to this other place and I'm going to do all this change and and do this instructional leadership you start to, your rocket ship starts to go and, and now all of a sudden you just get pulled into that black hole and, and you can't escape. But I want to tell a story that that drives, this is the story that drives me. When I was still at Clemson, I was uh, supervising principal licensure interns. So it's an April morning in South Carolina, pull in the parking lot, I get out, it's already 75 degrees and humid. I walk in the building and I stop in to visit the assistant principal I walk in her office and you know, when you walk in the office and you just know right away, stuff's not good. Oh yeah. Her hair is kind of disheveled. Her face is red. There's papers all over the desk. And I just say, Kelly, what's, what's wrong? And she just looks at me and she almost has tears in her eyes and she holds up a handful of yellow papers. And she says, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I have seven referrals already. I was going to get in classrooms, like everything's done. This there's a 45 minutes for each referral. My day's over. And, and I stood there for a minute and I said, Kelly, of those seven referrals, how many of those are more about teacher problems than kid problems? She thinks about it and she says five. So I call this story five of seven, right? And it encapsulates the challenges that assistant principals face because you get caught up in the discipline, you get caught up in the other things and you're just stuck on that treadmill. And if there was a way that you could get in and work with those teachers, you wouldn't have all that stuff. So that's the story that drives me because, because I know that we can escape that black hole and we can get to the place where we're dealing with only two discipline referrals and we're actually helping our teachers get better and, and grow. I love that story because I can relate. I mean, that was my world for nine years. And even as a veteran assistant principal, I still felt like I fell into what you were calling the black hole of you get there and it's just like, everything's on fire. <laughs> like everything is an emergency. Everybody wants your time. And some of the things that we all hold important were falling to the wayside. So, you know, for a first year administrator, you know, what are some things that they can put into place to help guard their time to make sure that they're still able to get to the things that they value? First, I think to to frame it, we're talking about recapturing minutes, not hours. You can't apply a couple strategies and all of a sudden you have time to read the newspaper, drink coffee, even go to the bathroom. You know, it's it's something that's incremental. So the things that we talk about are small changes. But if I can recoup five minutes, that's five minutes I can go spend with that brand new teacher. And if I can do that each day at the end of a week, that teacher is going to be a little bit better, right? And then and then maybe that's one less discipline referral. And now I capture another 30 minutes that I can reinvest in that same teacher or a different teacher. So, so everything's incremental. This isn't some huge dramatic change. I think the first thing is just mindset. 
how do you escape being that urgent leader is to understand there's these three epiphanies, I call them. So the first epiphany is I can't do everything. You can't get everything done that's being asked of you. The second epiphany then is that if you can't do it all, that means you make choices about what you do and don't do. And most of us, when we're in that urgent mode, the challenge is that we make those choices unintentionally. We're not even aware of it. We're just responding to what's urgent. So the third epiphany is that my choices reflect my priorities and my values. Once you understand that, you can start stepping back a little bit and thinking about your work and your job a little bit differently. And when you were on the podcast, you talked about being that busy assistant principal, but finding a way to start to work with teachers on restorative practices. And what you were exhibiting there was the shift from trying to manage your time to managing your priorities. Because nobody gave you more time when you started that project. But your priorities and what you wanted for the kids in your building and the teachers, that's what you put in front. And so somehow you found the way and you found the time. So that that first part of it is moving from time management to priority management. And I think if an assistant principal can get that done just in the first year, and at the end of the first year, they understand that, that's a huge win because everybody's going to be asking for a piece of you all year long, every day. Oh, yeah, every day. <laughs> so let's go into second year, right? What are some of the main concerns for a second year? Because I think everyone, when they first start, they think they're Superman. They have that complex of, I'm going to save the world. They're on fire. And then soon they slip into this black hole of realizing their time is not their own. And once upon a time, they were able to check things off their list. And now you might as well burn the list because <laughs> every day is different and there's always an emergency. So what are some struggles that you know a second year AP usually fall into? Urgent leaders, there's four patterns, four things that happen with urgent leaders. First is that they tend to focus on what's urgent, right? What's calling them, whoever's in front of them asking for something. So they focus on the urgent. The second thing is that they tend to focus on symptoms because you're running around all the time, something happens and you just look at the surface and we don't go any deeper. They also then focus on action. As long as I'm doing something, I'm making, I think that's progress. And then the fourth thing is they focus on tasks, that checklist that you talked about. Strategic leaders, in contrast, focus on what's important. So they don't focus on the urgent, they focus on the important. They focus on problems and actually invest time understanding what the root causes are instead of just treating symptoms. And action-wise, they invest in incremental actions that make immediate changes. So they focus on progress, not just action. And then finally, they're people focused. So instead of those tasks, they're prioritizing working with people and building people. So the journey from urgent leader to strategic leader, the middle step there is that you start to become strategically reactive. So you can't just make the jump, right? You've got to do some things that are going to start to create that extra time that then provides you with the opportunity to be more strategic. So that street strategically reactive is that next step. I like to teach five, five simple strategies that assistant principals can use to save a little bit of time and, and recover that. So the first of those is just to give it up. 
There are things that we do that we don't need to do. They just don't need to get done. I don't need to spend 30 minutes dropping images into the third grade newsletter. I don't have to do that. So the first thing is give it up. The second thing is give it away. We take ownership of a lot of things that we don't have to do. And thing that I ask leaders to do is to spend as much time as possible doing the things that only you can do. There's generally only three positions in a school that can help support and develop teachers. That's a principal, assistant principal, and the instructional coach. Those are the only three people that can do that. So when you're confronted with a task, if there's another person that can do that so that you can get in that classroom or coach that teacher, that's what we want to do. We want to give it away. The other thing that assistant principals uniquely experience is that everybody wants to give them their monkeys. Everybody has their own problem. It's important to them. It's really not the job of the assistant principal, but people come and say, Josh, Josh, can you know, can you take care of this? Josh, we need to think about parking, assigned parking places for, for teachers or whatever it is. And, and so the third thing is just to not take other people's monkeys. Just give it back. When you recognize somebody's trying to give you a monkey, don't accept it, give it back. And there, there are some, some ways to do that, but that's essentially what you're doing. And then the fourth thing is give it a C. And I think this is one of the hardest things for people because we're in education because we've excelled. We've always excelled and we've been taught to always put our best foot forward. But there are things that we're asked to do that they don't need to be high quality. Just check the box and and get rid of it so that you can go and you can again invest in priorities. And I'm going to push a little bit. So if I'm supposed to give a power a presentation to the school board or to some group and I close my door and I spend 4 or 5 hours working on this presentation, what I've said in my values is that I value looking competent and giving this really nice presentation more then I value coaching my teachers more than I value building relationships with my early career teachers and helping, you know, help, helping bring them along. Because the truth is I probably could have spent an hour on that PowerPoint. It wouldn't have been all glitzy, but it would have been fine. Learn to give it a C. If you can learn to be less than perfect on the things that don't need to be perfect, you're going to find a lot of time. And then the final one is to give it a bounce. So if you've got something, you have to do it. It's fairly significant. Do a piece of it and then see, is there some other piece that you can forward to somebody else? So you've got those five pieces of being strategically reactive. And once you get that squared away, then you can move into that realm of strategic leadership. Man, Frederick, where were you nine years ago? I needed all this advice then. <laughs> Still trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that was something that I struggled with a lot was giving it away, especially right of just assuming like I am the leader of the campus, I need to take this all on, I have to do it. And maybe it was a pride thing. I don't know. But I definitely was getting burnt out. And I learned quickly that, you know, I couldn't go at that pace. And I had to make sure I was delegating as much as I could to those who were competent and were willing to do the work for me too. So uh, I think those five things are just fantastic. I, I was taking notes. I hope all of my listeners are doing the same. You said something though I want to touch on. You were talking about building people and I'm curious on how you were able to do that within your own leadership because I think that's such a, a wonderful 
message because I think that we all we all look at like the campus improvement plan. We look at all these other tasks that are required of us and they are important, but the people, that's that's really where it's at. And so I just want to know some strategies that you've used to really build into your teachers and your staff to make sure that the building is running smoother and and has a great culture. So the strategies I actually used aren't the exact ones that I would advocate now. The Most of the, the things that I advocate for are things that I stole from really good administrators. So this isn't stuff that I have all executed on. There, there are a lot better leaders out there than me, and I just try to steal from them and then take those things and put them in a package that makes sense for people. So the biggest thing I talk about in terms of developing teachers is establishing the flywheel. Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, which every, every school leader should either read or listen to. Yep. And the audio book for Good to Great is excellent. And it's a pretty in-depth book. So if you have a commute, I strongly recommend that. But Jim Collins talks about the flywheel. And the flywheel is a set of practices that form a cycle. And when we consistently execute that cycle, it creates forward momentum that improves the organization. And beginning and building that flywheel is a challenge, but once you get it going, it has its own inertia. And so you you build your flywheel and you get to the place where the organization is just continually improving and growing. And so the flywheel for education looks like this. We have some form of professional development that a teacher or a group of teacher engages in. We follow that professional development up with targeted observations to look at the fidelity of implementation and the impact of the implementation. We then take the data from those observations and we work with our teacher and other instructional support staff to plan the next professional development. And so we always have that cycle because what we frequently do now is we provide professional development and then we don't follow up. And then we wonder why people aren't executing the level two DOK questioning strategies because we trained them on it three months ago and, and, and we're not seeing the results because we never went in with the observations that gave us the data to know how to support teachers and what the next step is in their growth. So there's that flywheel piece. And the hardest part of the flywheel is that it requires structures in your school to be set up. As an You have to have structures guiding your instructional leadership team. You have to have times to meet. You have to have a specific kind of agenda. There are different ways then to track teacher growth. So building those structures, I think, is a challenging piece of it, even more than just finding the time. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Frederick, I love all of the resources that you provide. You were putting out a ton of content, and I want to go through your projects because I, I want my listeners to understand the value that you provide for assistant principals and leaders. So let's touch on your podcast first. So I love talking to podcasters because I get to hear the stories of the origin, right? Like why did you create a podcast in the first place? And then for my listeners, I would love for them to check out your content. So, you know, the assistant principal podcast, what is that all about? 
It's all about improving life and leadership for assistant principals. When I looked around and was was starting my business, the glaring gap to me was assistant principals. And I'd spent 13 years training teachers to move into administration. And the slot they moved into was assistant principals. So I felt like I was really in touch with the plight and the challenges of assistant principals. I knew a lot of them and, and love a lot of them dearly. And so that was the space that I just felt compelled to, to wade into. And, you know, the secret, I guess, is that the assistant principal podcast offers things that are helpful to hopefully to, to other leaders as well. But I really wanted to address that for assistant principals. And I try to bring on people that talk about issues that are important to assistant principals, and then also take an aspect of coaching and, and try to break that down. So I have the podcast and in the last couple of months, what I've done then is to add a, I call it a micro journal. This is five or six pages. I try to put out two issues a month and have those issues build on something that we talked about in the podcast. So if I do a podcast and we talk about five minute coaching and how to do that, I can bring out then an issue in the micro journal that will really do a deep dive and help you understand better and think about how to apply that five-minute coaching for maximum effect in your building. I'll have discussion questions and reflection questions and things like that. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure that we can support you in some ways on the podcast, but then there's also an opportunity to get on that micro journal email list and then take that to the next level. So you asked me to podcast and I gave you two things. There's so much content that you put out. I, I love that you grouped it because it's important that they understand that there's multiple facets of that. But then you also have, I know, daily emails. You also have like a assistant principal community. So, you know, what are some other, you know, resources that you provide to your listeners and to those who are interested in growing in their assistant principal journey? Thanks for bringing up the daily email. So the, the daily email is meant to be um, industry agnostic. So it's not strictly for educators, it's for everybody. And we talked earlier about urgent leaders and just facing what's urgent all the time. And I started the daily email to help leaders just be more intentional. I have a lot of people that that open that when they when they first open their email in the morning that this one comes out at 6 a.m. So they make their coffee, they sit down, they open their computer or get on their phone. And the first thing they do thing they do is to read that daily email because it's just a short one to 300 word email that helps you think about some specific leadership topic and set an intention. And it may be as simple as Think about somebody that needs something from you that you can help grow. Think about that person. And now today, go grow them, right? It can be that simple. And, and so it's just really about being intentional. And then I have the Apex, which is Assistant Principal Acceleration, which is our Assistant Principal Support Community. And when I first started that, we really were thinking about professional development and developing those coaching skills and those instructional leadership skills. But I think districts are starting to do a better job of that, thankfully. And so where I, what I'm really trying to emphasize there is the community. Because you know, Josh, being an assistant principal can be really isolating. And being able to come into a community and talk with people from different districts, different types of districts, 
different states, everybody's bringing a different perspective and a different set of experiences. So it's a great place to be able to exchange ideas and information and just get together and form community. Yeah, community is such a huge piece. I, I was definitely feeling like I was on the island for most of my leadership journey. So although I had fantastic principles, being a leader on a campus is very lonely. So everyone that's listening knows I'm a huge proponent of finding your people, finding your community. And this is a wonderful opportunity for those who are listening to to jump in and find other like-minded leaders that are trying to get better every single day. Frederick, I love asking this question to all of my guests, and that is, if someone can do something tomorrow or next week to enhance your leadership journey, what would you suggest them doing? Can I give two? Do I have to stay with one? <laughs> you can give 10 if you want, man. <laughs> All right. We'll do two. <laughs> Anything over three is a problem. So the first thing is just to be intentional. Each morning, just think about what is one thing I can do today that is going to help grow somebody else? Because better teachers equals better schools. And I don't, I don't think there's really another way around it. And, and so just every day, think about one thing you can do to grow a teacher. And it doesn't have to be big. Maybe it's just asking one question to help them reflect on a lesson, which leads me to the other thing, which is to be present with people. We live in a world that's bombarding us with messages and things are competing for our attention all the time. And we live in a world where everybody's busy. As an assistant principal or another school leader, for you to stand in the hallway with a teacher and just listen and not be thinking about the other things that you need to do, but to ask, how are you? And then ask the second question because they're going to tell you they're fine. But then ask the second question, no, really, how are you? And just listen. That is a huge gift. It's huge because it happens so infrequently. So being intentional and then understanding the power of just being present for a few minutes with somebody and giving them your full focus. If you do those two things and that's all you do, after a couple months, you will notice a change and you'll be having a consistent impact on people in you know, five, 10 minutes a day. It's hard because you have to execute, but it really is simple. Yeah, it truly is. And Getting stuck in the front office is a miserable feeling as an administrator. And to get out and to actually see the people that you absolutely adore and you work with every single day. And, you know, we have some fantastic teachers out there. And so to just even sit down and have a five-minute conversation and truly get to the bottom of how their world is, is really helpful as a leader. That's why we get into the business. When I was a special ed administrator, I, I was lost in that job. It took me three years to figure out what I was supposed to do. And I never felt like I really nailed it. And the last, my last week on the job, I went around, I visited all my teachers and I was stopped in with a couple of the, but kids with pretty intensive needs and two teachers that I'd been working with. And, and then they said, Frederick, thank you. You have been fantastic for us. Thank you. And I just said, I don't know what I did because I don't do anything. I never figured this job out. I don't know how I helped you. And they said, you came in and you always listened to us. You always listened. And then you would ask questions that made us think. And so that's going back to those two things to do about being intentional and then be present. The most powerful thing you can do is just be with your teachers, 
listen, and you don't need to then tell them what to do or give them feedback. Just ask the question that helps them grow. So thanks for letting me share that, Josh. No, I love it. I think it ties in perfectly. The best ability is availability, right? So I'm going to steal that one. (laughs) (laughs) You talked about building your community. I want folks to connect with you. So how can they do that through social media? Uh, Social media, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. And and I actually have a LinkedIn community of assistant principals. I think we have about 60 people in there. So if people want to begin to learn a little bit more about me and have the chance to interact, LinkedIn is probably the place to go. And then you can DM me and request to join the assistant principal community. I mean, it's a free thing. It's very, very low, uh, low investment required. And then the other thing is to go to my website at frederickbuskey.com. You'll find all the links to sign up for quadrant two, which is that micro journal to join the daily email list and some of the other resources that I have. The other thing, Josh, is I want to make a difference in people's lives. I love working with people. I love hearing from people. So if somebody wants to reach out, you know, I'm at the scale where I can still reply to all the emails that I get. And I love to hear from people. So if anybody wants to email me with questions or comments or suggestions, my email is frederick at frederickbuskey.com. And we'll have all of that information in the show notes for folks. So it's as easy as possible. And you just have to click. And Frederick is wonderful about just getting back to folks. So he is a huge resource. Make sure that you're reaching out in any of those different ways. Connect with him. Sign up for his content. I promise you it's going to be as valuable as this conversation is. And Frederick, I am just so honored to be on your podcast, to get to know you. You are so wise, and I love the insight that you provided today. Thank you so much for being on the Aspire to Lead podcast. Uh, It's been a pleasure, and I know we're going to keep in touch.